Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I am really excited to be here with you today. Um, it feels like it's been a minute, even though it hasn't. <laughs> I've, I've been here every week, uh, but for some reason this week felt longer, and I'm just really looking forward to recording today's episode. It's a topic that I'm super fired up about, uh, and if you would have asked me you know, three years ago or two years ago, or even one year ago, if I would be recording a podcast episode on this topic, or if I would be excited about it, I would have said never in a million years. <laughs> um, today, we are going to be talking about three of the best content hacks that make creation easy. And I'm really excited to dive in. I'm going to give you three of these hacks. And then after the three hacks, I'm also going to give you an exercise, like a very concrete exercise that you can do a way to practice, and, or I should say, put these hacks into practice uh, to really get results and to flex that muscle of content creation. Um, but before we dive in, I just want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer. I have a preschooler that is home for the summer. She is not in summer camp yet, and she is out of preschool. And so if you hear background noise, that is what's going on. I've got my door shut. I've got my headphones on. I've got my mic set up so that it's like filtering out background noise. But there's still a very good chance that you'll hear laughing or screaming or some sort of banging in the background. Uh, just know that those are the sounds of a very, very rambunctious and excited almost four-year-old um, playing around with her babysitter. So uh, as we dive into today's episode, I want to just touch a little bit on content because honestly, the word used to make me cringe a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I used to have a little bit of like a negative story or like false ideas about what content creation meant. Um, and the idea of creating content used to feel very like salesy and icky to me. And that's not the case anymore at all, obviously, because I create content all the time, but that's how I started out. And so I just want to normalize that. If you feel like content creation is something that like in the back of your mind, you thought you've thought like, maybe it would be cool to have a YouTube channel, or maybe it would be cool to be more present on Instagram, but there's like something standing in your way. Um, because social media or content feels icky to you just know that you're not alone. That's like a very normal thing. It's something that I coach clients through all the time. Um, and I also used to struggle a lot with content because I, I never, felt like I was very good at writing. And the idea of marketing was just repelling to me. Like I, I've always been a business owner. I've always taught private lessons. I've always run my own business, had my own studio. And so I I've have had to market right in order to, um, to be able to find students and to find new clients, but it used to just really repel me. So I think of this as a really lucky part in my story. When in the summer of 2021, in the late summer of 2021, I started my YouTube channel. And I just made this goal to put content into the world before I even realized how important content was or before I had a strategy in place or a full vision of, of what it would come to be or what it could be. Um, and for me, my stubbornness of like sticking to my goal and at, the, at that time, it was a little bit of a crazy goal. I was doing three videos a week. My, that stubbornness and that drive to keep to my goal 
overrode, you know, the icky feelings that I had about content creation and that allowed me to do it. Um, but this was really great. And it was a cool part in my story because I was sticking to my goal and it allowed me to have a little bit of trial by fire. Like I learned a lot about creating content before I was even thinking about how content could help my business or grow my business um, or do anything for my marketing. And so I, I just immersed myself into this idea of, of how to create content and how to create content that was um, educational and that would keep people engaged and that was fun to make because I didn't want it to feel, um, icky on my end. I wanted to like actually love the process that I was going, going through. And so fast forward to now, and obviously my relationship with content creation has changed. I, I love the process. It, it actually surprises me how much I love the process of creating content, given that I used to hate writing and given that I always, um, thought that it would maybe feel salesy or gross. Uh, and a lot of that is, um, because it feels creative right? Content creation. I mean, it's, it's in the name. It's, it's creative. It's a, a creative process and it really fulfills the artist in me. And in a lot of ways, um, you know, I get, I get the same feeling when I decide to create a piece of content that I used to get when I would decide to do a performance. Like it, it feels like this way that I get to be expressive and this way that I get to do this unique thing. So um, the second business coaching experience that I ever had was with an amazing coach that really helped me with my messaging and my marketing. And at that point, I was able to merge the two. Like I was able to merge the process of creating content, but doing it with a little more intention and purpose so that the effect of the content that I was creating and putting into the world uh, was, was much bigger. So today I'm going to share three hacks that I've learned along the way for content creation. Um, and these hacks might feel a little bit like information overload, depending on where you are in your content creation journey. And if that's the case, just pick one, like come back to this episode and you can listen to it, you know, several times over the next couple of weeks, but just pick one and focus on wrapping your head around one of these hacks for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then come back and pick another one. And you can do go about it in a slower process like that. So that you have time to wrap your brain around these hacks that I'm going to give you. Cause there's a lot that's going to be packed into this episode. It's going to be really, 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 really powerful. All right. So let's dive into the first hack. So the first hack is to know the five types of content. And these five types of content came from that second business coach that I referenced earlier. And when I learned that I could categorize content into these five containers or categories, it was really, really helpful for me because I started to view content in a different way. And I also immediately started to be slightly more intentional with the content that I was creating. And so this business coach, she calls these, um, the five types of content, the five E's. So a piece of content can educate someone. So a lot of my YouTube tutorials and a lot of the Instagram reels that I do are educational because they're teaching someone something. Uh, it can empower so you can like give someone a, um, a pep talk or help someone feel inspired or empowered to go forward and to, to have a win or to take a step. It can entertain. Um, so, you know, when you're watching, when you're stuck on like Instagram or YouTube or TikTok and you're just like being entertained because you're watching funny things or things that um, are intriguing to you it can elicit. So that would generally be more about like the feelings that you are eliciting from people and it can engage. So, you know, those are the kinds of posts where you see, and it's like comment if this resonates with you or tell me, you know, this is my favorite X, Y, and Z comment below and tell me your favorite X, Y, and Z. And these five types of content 
are not necessarily, uh, they don't stand alone, right? So you can also have a, a piece of content that does several of these things at one time. A lot of the times like posts that are going to empower people are also going to elicit because you're going to empower someone and that's probably going to make them feel a certain way. And so it, they don't stand alone. They can, but they don't have to. But one of the things that you can do once you know these five types of content is you can start to look at the content you consume and you can start to categorize it. So you might be watching something on TikTok or on YouTube or even listening to a podcast. And you might think to yourself like, okay, is this educating? Is it empowering? Is it entertaining? Is it eliciting? Is it engaging? Or is it a combination of all of those things? And that's a really great first step that you can take to get clear on the categories and to get your brain thinking in this way. And once you do that, you can start thinking about, you know, what is your content? If you're already creating content, what types of content are you creating? When I learned about the five E's, I realized that almost all of my content was educational. And that's great. I mean, educational content is really great. But I also realized I was missing out on a huge opportunity to use the four other E's in my content and to, um, to be creative in that way, to flex my, my content creation muscle and try to break out of just that educational category into those other types of content as well. So if you're already creating content, look at your content and, and start to categorize, you know, what kind of content are you already creating? Is it educational, empowering, entertaining, eliciting, or engaging or a combination? And what would happen if the next time you went to create a piece of content, you tried to make it in one of the categories that you haven't done yet, or one of the categories that you don't have as much experience with, you're going to get better at that content creation process. Now, if you're newer to content creation, then I would say starting by watching other people's content and categorizing it would be helpful. And then think of a topic that excites you. And I'll get a little more into this later in the episode. And you can start to, to flex the muscle of how you might create content in these different categories, or sorry, in these different types. Okay, my second hack is to recycle content that you already have. Now, don't stop listening because you already have content. I promise. Even if you've never posted on social media, even if you don't think of yourself as a content creator, you already have content. Because if you have a teaching philosophy or if you have a studio policy, you already have content. And you can use these two assets in your business to create content from. So let me give you an example of this. Let's say that you don't necessarily have a teaching philosophy or a website, but you do have a studio policy. And let's say that in your studio policy, you ask that students practice for 20 minutes a day, five days a week. Ask yourself a deeper question. Why do you ask them to do that? Why is that in your policy? Is it in your policy because your studio is high level and you only work with students that are really committed to lessons? Or is it in your policy because you know that learning how to play how to play the piano requires consistent practice over time? Maybe it's another reason. Maybe it's a combination of all of those reasons. There's some content ideas for you. You could create an Instagram reel about how important consistency is in piano practice. You could create a Facebook post about the level of quality of instruction that you offer in your students and the fact that you only work with students that are willing to commit to 20 days of, or 20 minutes of practice five days a week. And if you look at those assets you already have, your teaching philosophy and your studio policy, and you ask yourself questions of like, why is this in there? Why did I say that? Why is that important to me? 
how does this affect the people that I work with? How does this give my studio the vibe that it has? Those kinds of questions, when you look at those assets that you already have, are going to lead you to have those creative sparks of ideas that you can then use to create content. Okay. Uh, that's, it's one of my favorite things to do to look back on things I've written like two years ago or things that I wrote a year ago or things that I wrote a month ago and to, to use my own thoughts as inspiration, because what better place to get inspiration for your own voice than your own voice, right? You could even do this. If you don't have a studio policy or you don't have a teaching philosophy, you could even do this with emails that you've written to past students. Like when people inquire about lessons in your studio and they ask you, you know, like, how much do you charge? What are lessons like? Look at those responses. Look at what you wrote back to them and ask yourself those deeper questions. Why did I say that? Why is that important in my studio? How does that make my studio different than other people's studio? And use those ideas for content creation. You can also look at your website for this. So if you do have a website, chances are you already have a great amount of information on your website about lessons and about what lessons look like, what lessons feel like, what's included in lessons, and all of that can be really, really great um, kindling for ideas for content. All right, the third hack is to try out different formats. So depending on the platform, and when I say platform, there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's lots of different platforms, maybe your website, uh, maybe your platform is that you're hanging up flyers at local music, music studios, or music stores, I mean, um, you are going to try out different formats. And that could mean different things on depending on what the platform is. And so, for example, if your format is, um, yeah, or sorry, if your platform is Instagram, you might try doing reels for a couple of days. And then you might try out doing static posts for a couple of days. And then you might try doing carousels. And then you might try doing stories because Instagram, I think probably has the most, they have four different formats that you can post with um, just on that one platform. And so trying your hand at all of those different formats are going to, it's going to give you an idea of one, what you like to create, but two, it's going to make you step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Because if you're a person that always likes to do reels, it might be a little harder to create a static post or vice versa. And so making yourself try out the different formats is going to be really helpful. I've been going through something similar on YouTube because for a long time, YouTube was all about long form content, like, you know, horizontal videos that were generally longer than a minute long. And then a while ago, YouTube released their shorts format. And so now they have not only like the tutorial format of those longer form content videos, they also have shorts which are more like Instagram reels. They're less than 60 seconds and they're shot a different way. And so there's two different formats on the same platform. And so I actually made a challenge to myself and I'm still in the middle of this challenge to post a short every single day for three months in a row, just so I could get used to the doing it, right? Just because I know that if I show up and I consistently force myself to flex that muscle and think in a different way, it's going to make me a better content creator. It's going to help me grow my business and it's going to expand my creativity because I'm, I'm, committing to doing this thing that is expanding my mind, right? And is helping me grow and helping me learn. Okay. So one thing that I want to say before I dive into the exercise that I'm going to give you, um, I meant to touch on this in the beginning of the episode, but I don't think I really did it justice is I just want to talk about how important your messaging and your marketing is. Right. And like I said, I started on YouTube and I, I had no idea what my messaging or marketing was. So it's okay if you're newer to this, if you just want to dive in and start practicing the skill of creating content, do it. I say definitely do it and more will come later. But I also, if you've been doing 
content. If, if you are already present on some sort of platform like Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, I want you to really try out some of these hacks and really think about the message that you're putting into the world. Because anything that you put out into the world, whether it's an email that you write, a flyer that you post, a website that you have, an Instagram reel, a YouTube video, all of that is going to be a reflection of your brand and of who you are as a business owner and of what your business stands for. And so putting thought into that and getting clarity on your messaging and what you really want to put out into the world is the most helpful thing that you will learn in your business because it helps you get really good at making sure that you're attracting the right kind of people and repelling the kind of people that you don't necessarily want to work with. And it's actually really good if your content is repelling people, meaning it's turning people away from you, that's a good thing, right? Because every single person is not going to be a good fit for you and your studio or you and your business. You want content that attracts the right kind of people and content that repels the people that aren't going to be a fit for you. And often what I see teachers doing is just posting things into the world, not giving much thought about who they're speaking to. And therefore they get stuck teaching a lot of people that don't want to teach. Right. And so like, if you know that you only want to work with adults, but you're posting a lot of content that says anyone can learn piano lessons, the messaging that you're putting in the world isn't lining up with what you actually want for your business. And so that's a problem because you're always going to have this disconnect in the students that you want to be teaching and the people that are engaging with your content. I see the same thing happen a lot too with like teachers that um, teachers that want their students to commit at a higher level to lessons. They want their students to take lessons seriously. They want them to show up on time. They want them to not be canceling or rescheduling lessons. And they want them to be practicing a certain amount of time during the week. But all of their content is about how fun piano lessons can be and about how anyone can do piano lessons and about, you know, how they have all of these games and things that make lessons engaging. And so therefore the content that they're putting in the world really makes it seem like they'll work with anyone. Right. But that's not actually the case. They want to be teaching that higher caliber student. And so your, your messaging, in other words, the content that you put out is directly going to inform the kind of students and clients that you're getting. So thinking about what messaging you're putting out into the world and who it's attracting is very, very helpful in ensuring that you're growing your business in the way that you want to. All right. I just had to speak to that a little bit because it's, it's something that uh, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that what they're posting is, is directly correlated to who they're getting, um, whether that's on your website, whether it's how you're communicating in the emails, what your flyers look like, or what you're posting on social media. Okay. So this exercise that I'm going to give you is something that I would highly recommend that you do if you want to get better at content creation um, or you want to start creating content. And the exercise is to essentially take these three hacks and uh, mix and match, okay, and make yourself practice. So commit to a certain amount of time, whether that's a week, whether that's a month. Um, when I first started, I did 30 day a 30-day challenge where I posted a piece of content every single day for 30 days. Um, it doesn't matter how long you do it. What matters is that you get the consistency there and you force yourself to think in new ways. And so what you'll do to start is you'll pick one topic that you're going to talk on and one format. So for example, if I'm thinking about the, the topic, the topic would be, um, you know, maybe I'm going to talk about the importance of, well, we're talking about consistency with content. So let's talk about the importance of consistency in piano practice. So I'm going to create content about how consistent practice is important. And once I have my topic, I'm going to pick my format. So I'm going to create Instagram reels, 
Okay. So 60 second videos, and then I'm going to see how many different types of content I can create. So I'm going to go back to number one, where I talked about the five E's and I'm going to try to create a reel that educates people about the importance of consistency. So I might create a reel that says something about like, did you know that consistency is the, is the most important part of piano practice? Quality matters too, but until you have consistency, nothing else matters. And that's educating people about how important it is to be consistent in the piano practice. Then I'm going to create another reel, but I'm going to empower people. And maybe in this reel, I'm going to show a video of me practicing and I'm going to have text over the screen that says like, you can be consistent in your piano practice. Even if it's only two minutes a day, you can do it. Consistency is important. You've got this. And I'm going to empower someone to take that next step to be more consistent with their piano practice. And then maybe I'll make an entertaining reel. And in this one, I'm still, again, the, the topic is the same. I'm still talking about consistency, but maybe I'll make an entertaining reel where I show myself practicing and I'll have text on the screen that says something like, um, you know, me after three days of being consistent. And it's going to be like, a video of me playing really beautifully and looking really happy. And then I'll show a video of me really sad. And on the screen, I'm gonna say like three days later after I've totally gotten off the consistency train or something like that. And it's gonna be like an entertaining reel that might make someone laugh and might be like, oh, that's funny. I understand that pain, you know, because we've all been there. We've all been in the position where we've been really consistent and then we accidentally get off the wagon and things fall to crap and then we have to get back on. And you get the idea, right? So you're taking the same topic, the same format, and you're creating five different kinds of content around that same topic in the same format, okay? This is a hugely helpful exercise. I mean, you saw how, I mean, I, I don't have those things written down. I was coming up with those on the spot and my brain now works that way. I now can take most topics and I could easily rattle off like 50 pieces of content that you could create from that one topic. That is a newly acquired skill. That is something that I have developed in the last two years, and it is not something that I could always do. And the way that I have developed that is by consistently creating content over and over and over again, regardless of if anybody watches it, regardless of if anybody likes it, regardless of if anything happens once I put it out to the world, I have just remained consistent and it has allowed me to develop this new skill set. And my brain now thinks in this way, and I never would have thought that was possible, but I've now coached tons of clients through it as well. It's very possible. You just have to flex the muscle. So once you do that, you can do that same exercise, but you can mix it up a little bit. So you can then pick one topic and one type of content. So let's say I'll use the same example just to be consistent. So we're going to, the topic is still going to be practicing consistently. And my one type of content is I'm going to create educational content, but now I'm going to see how many different formats I can do. So I'm going to create a reel that educates people about the importance of consistency in piano practice. I'm also going to create a carousel post that educates people about the importance of consistency in piano practice. I'm also going to make a story about it. And I'm also going to create one static post and maybe one email. Okay. And so you, now I'm keeping the topic the same. I'm keeping the type of content. It's all educational, but now I'm just mixing up the format and you can do this in a variety of different ways. And each time you do this, you flex that muscle. 
And the more that you flex and exercise that muscle, the better you're going to get at this process. I have worked with so many clients at this point that have come to me not able to think of a single thing to post on Facebook. Like they're like, I, I want to advertise my business. I want to create content. But every time I sit down to do it, I have a total mental block and I can't do it. And it's a real problem and I get it because it's happened to me too. But if you do these three hacks and you try out this exercise that I just gave you, you're going to be in a very different position if you can keep consistency and do it for a set amount of time than you are right now. Now, if you are wanting help with this, of course, as you already know, I've mentioned before in other episodes, I do take on private one-on-one -on -one coaching clients where I help people, you know, really level up the assets in their business and focus on how to create marketing and messaging and content that gets you new customers so that you can scale to six figures and beyond. Um, and so if that's something you're interested, I'll put the link in the show notes to um, the information on that and you can check that out. And lastly, if you're enjoying these episodes, please, if you wouldn't mind giving it a rating and reviewing it and maybe sharing it in like a piano teacher community or something like that, that would really, really, really help me out. This podcast has grown more than I ever thought it would in a short amount of time, which is so exciting. And there's so many teachers that are getting a lot out of these episodes. And I want to make sure that I get these episodes to as many teachers as they will benefit. So if you can do that, it would really help me out. Feel free to screenshot it, share it on your social media, um, share it with a friend, whatever feels authentic to you. I would love that. And I know that whoever you share it with, if it helps them, they're also going to be really grateful that you shared it as well. All right. Have an amazing week. I hope that everything in your business goes beautifully. Although I know that's not always the truth, but that is my wish week. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.